Hey, everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everybody, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 436. We are a podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ronma S. I'm Ari Rockefeller. And I am Mako-chan. And can you believe it's like the beginning of February and it's 50 degrees out? Yeah, it was like in the high 50s, low 60s when I was coming home from work. I mean, I left this morning. It was like 38. I'm going across. I'm running. I'm going between buildings and it's like 50. And I'm like, I'm hot with my hoodie. And I leave work, and I'm just, I got my hoodie tied around my waist, and I walk around with my denim jacket, and I'm just like, this is abnormally warm for January. And who says, and who says, um, climate change is fake? Ugh. Hmm. <sighs> Anywho, how is everybody doing tonight? Eh. Yeah. Eh. I'll take that. Anywho, uh, we are live tonight, week of February 4th, 2020, right here on Twitch TV. We are here live Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And don't forget, you can interact with us in a myriad of ways. If you head over to live.bobnetwork.com, there's a pop-up <coughs> viewer where you can watch and interact with us. You can find us over at Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session where we do our weekly shows. And you can also find us hosted by the amazing people at Vogue Network. And they have shows live on Sundays, uh, Orange Dawn's Radio and the Bobby Blackwolf Show. You can catch that at twitch.tv slash Vogue Network. And don't forget, we are here on Discord. So you can find us at vognetwork.com slash Discord. All of the Vogue affiliated shows have a little channel. So swing by, come hang out, and have a good time with us, you know. I think uh, Drew, uh, I think he cleaned the pool, so you know... At least there's that. Oh, man. Right now in the background, um, before we get in the show together, Ari mentioned something about PSO2, and I was like, crap! I dropped the... I, th I tossed the headphones onto the bed, and I run over to my Xbox to download uh, PSO. Yeah, that, that chair was practically spinning when you ran off. I want you to know, it's at seven... Almost, it's at seven and... About seven, a little bit over seven and a quarter gigs downloaded out of sixty-eight gigs, and it's pulling the, it's pulling it at about ninety-three megabits a second. Thank you, Vi Files. Hmm. <laughs> Anywho, enough about that. We got a lot of stuff to cover tonight. Some great stuff to talk and discuss. Uh, brand new hot take and all that, all that goodness. So we're gonna go ahead and start kick things off with. How was your week? How was your day? Ari? Uh, well, I got paid today, but as usual, that all went straight to bills, in this case, the rent. Oh, trust me. Um, I, I know that feeling. Yeah, I'm just hoping I can have enough money to uh, get by the next couple of days, but you know how that goes. Anyhow, <laughs> yeah, um, I, do. I, was at a, I was at a Super Bowl party this weekend with uh, friends of mine. Yeah. But uh, I can only stay for about an hour because their uh, cats are causing my allergies to get completely nuts. Mm -hmm. So I had to just you know come home and just watch the rest of it on my at my place. Is there medication like 
allergy medication you could take for something like that? I didn't have any on me. Oh, okay, gotcha. Now, Chiefs won, but I was, you know, glad for uh, Andy Reid winning. He yeah. finally got the uh, monkey off his back. I mean, I, I, I mean, this is a Super Bowl. I, I had no stakes in this one, but let's re- be real. Everybody really enjoyed it because it wasn't the Patriots. That's true. Yeah. But uh, other than that, it's just you know, work stuff and a. Uh, mhm. Try, trying to take care of a place. Just finished laundry before coming on, so. Gotcha. And that's about it for me. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, Michael Chan, how was your week? How was your day? Um, pretty good. Uh, had a couple of people over this past weekend to do uh, birthday shenanigans. And have been reading really cracked out fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And not smiley, so don't even think of it. Shocker. Well, no, this particular uh, writer, she does a lot of just really cracked out stuff. Mm-hmm. She puts a lot of different, um, uh, I guess, combinations together. So even though I started reading a Harry Potter and Avengers crossover story, mm-hmm. it ended up becoming a Harry Potter Avengers supernatural with hints of Doctor Who and uh, SG-1 Star- crossover. Star- as in Stargate SG-1? Yeah. Oh, I'm um, trying to see that. Really cracked out. Really, really good. Very, very different, but very, very cracked out. I mean, I, I so, see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm currently reading one where Harry Potter is reincarnated as Dean Winchester. Well then. Yeah. <laughs> Crack. I, 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 this is, this is my jam right here. <laughs> well now. That's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, my weekend day has been pretty much more or less the same. Um, we're getting ready to gear up for Catacom. Uh, Wild Spice will be there, so I'm I'm just kind of getting stuff together to help get things up and running. Um, I'm playing around with uh, with Premiere and After Effects, trying to figure some stuff out. But I think I'm going to have to like. Get a little bit of help with that, you know? So, that, that, that's all good and dandy, so. Um, let's see what else is going on. I have to retire this shirt. Um, when I was at work today, I, I'm at my desk, and I'm just, like, you know, kind of stretching. And I feel like this push and a tear, like a rip, I'm just like, no. No. Lo and behold, you know, shirt rip, you know. It happens. I wasn't expecting it, you know, but I think I've had this shirt for maybe about two, maybe three years. So I was expecting to get a little bit more life out of it, but it happens. It also sucks that in my closet is an awesome blue shirt with white stripes. That would go so well if I decided to do a Yoshikage Kira cosplay. But again, that one is, 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 tor- is ripped like right around the, um, like the, the shoulder area again. So, you know, eh. It happens, you know. If it's on the seam, I can patch it up for you. Nah, it's fine. It's not even on the seam. The actual fabric itself is ripped. It's not mm. on the seam, so. 
But because this is like a checkered print, most people didn't even realize it. So it gets retired. So I have, at, on the plus side, it gives me a little bit more room in my closet for existing clothes. So I think probably in the next couple of weeks, I need to go through my closet and see what I don't wear and kind of donate and all that good stuff, you know. But um, other than that, that's basically has been it. So, you know, I think... I can say for most for for the three of us, life's been pretty decent for what it's worth. So, mm. except for the fact that I'm still trying to get uh, Streamlabs to properly like fix how how our screens are supposed to look. I mean, it would be nice if you could have like a grid overlay to kind of set things up the way you want it to, but you know, it is what it is. All right, so moving right along is basically our revamp section that we used to call, um, it was like the shirt of the week, which became the geek item of the week, more or less, you know. So it's basically geek life. Basically, we'll briefly talk about stuff outside of outside of anime, or we want to talk about something within the anime, something geeky about ourselves that we've been up to this week, so, or want to show off something cool, so... Ari, what have you been up to? Uh, Geek-related stuff? Uh, not a whole lot. Like I said, like I was doing like like shit with the Super Bowl. I even mm. wore the uh, Kelsey jersey, even right, if, right. even though it's just that's the one day I'd get to wear it until uh, next year. Mm -hmm. uh, did I show this off? I don't remember if I showed this off or not. I don't remember. Yeah, you got me this for uh, Christmas. Yeah. I'm... I just haven't found a place to uh, put it. Sailor Mercury from... Uh, Tamashi buddies. I don't think I've heard of them. Yeah, it's the it's the same people that do the uh, figure arts. It's just a, a little line called Tamashi buddies. They have SD versions of Dragon Ball Z characters and other like Bandai titles and stuff. So, mm -hmm. I would say you know, put it in a display case or if you have like a shelf, like put it. Oh, on I got plenty of shelves with other figures and stuff on them. Yeah, there you go. And if you really want it to, like I know some people put like a bit of plastic over the shelf, like plastic wrap to kind of keep the dust and dirt out so the only downside is replacing it like every time you put something new up in there yeah uh that's about it really i'm afraid that my life's been rather boring and uninteresting <laughs> okay mako chan i can see that your inner fangirl is showing at the moment yeah um so I was able to finally give Ranma the last of his uh, Christmas gift. And I'll show that off later. Yeah, so um, from the same situation, um, basically uh, I go through a proxy on Facebook for uh, some of the you know, goodies from Japan. Uh, so they went to the Gundam Cafe, and of course, uh, that means Gundam Wing stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did, you know, get a couple of things, but I really liked these little uh, acrylic figures. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I had to get at least these two. I would not mind getting the other three, but uh, just for now, I definitely had to get these two. Gotcha. All right, and so... As Mako Chan says, she went to the she had a proxy to the Gundam Cafe. So I'm sitting here holding a Gundam Wing mug of one of the best Gundam mechs out there, Death Scythe. 
So, and no, I will not be drinking out of this mug. <laughs> That's really cool. Mobile suit Gundam wing. I will probably post a picture of it later. This will go with the vast collection of anime mugs that I have. Like, I have some really awesome... I think I have a couple of Sailor Moon coffee mugs. I know I have three Ronma one-half coffee mugs and a few and a couple of others. But I just Yeah, have, I know you have the Ronma ones, yes. but I'm pretty sure you have a Luna and Artemis. Yes, I do. And I also have... You can't see it right now, but the way the camera is, but up on the shelf is a Sailor Venus uh, cup, I believe. Is it? No. Yeah, it's it is a Sailor Venus cup, uh, with all the senshi and an outer I think I have an outer senshi one sitting up there too. And yep, the Loon and Artemis coffee mugs, they're still in, in the box, so you know. Those will not come out. I mean I'll put them on a shelf within the box, but that's just about it. I can presume they're not exactly dishwasher safe. They are dishwasher safe, but I just no. I mean I have a Luigi mug at work I drink out of that's been cracked, but the way it's cracked, it won't leak, so I'm fine with that. And I had a Shikamaru mug I used to take with me, and also I have another Ronma one-half mug. It's just that these are ones I've gotten, more or less gotten from, like, locally from, like, Nintendo New York or off of Amazon for, like, under, like, 10 bucks, $12 tops. But stuff like this that are import, if I'm spending, like, more than $20 or something like that for a mug or something, I'm not going to really drink. I have no, I feel I'm not going to drink out of it. i just rather have it for, as a collector's item. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing I forgot to mention about my weekend day. I finally started going through my, my recovery drive of stuff. I'm finding stuff I've saved going back about 15 years. And I'm just like, I don't need this. I don't need this. And I'm just slowly deleting old documents and stuff. And I'm moving it over to my computer a little bit at a time. I found our old um, outlines are all sitting in a folder. I'm just trying to get everything nice and neat. That way, once I have everything moved over, I can start running these external drives as regular backups. So I haven't heard back from the company that's doing the recovery on the 8 terabyte. I'm going to shoot them an email to find out what's going on with that. Because I am legitimately curious. Alright, uh, moving right along. Uh, don't forget, Katsukon is next week. Um, if you are still looking to book, <coughs> check out Wild Spice Photography at facebook.com slash wildspicephotography. She, I don't know if she's taking any booking still, but shoot her an email at hello at wildspicephotography. If she isn't, she will find you somebody who is still available. And if she can't, head over to the Capsicon 2020 Facebook group. There's, like, at least 50 or 60 photographers going that still have some bookings available. And also, don't forget, we are on Anchor FM. Uh, the podcasts have been moved there, so right after this, the new episode will be up within the hour of tonight's show, so you can download it and take it with you. And I have to say, since we've moved over there, I've been seeing some in interesting stats, so I'm just like, wow. Let me see if I can pull up the page real quick, and, I, and I'll gladly tell you. Um, podcasts, we've gotten over 4,000 plays of our episodes, which is really awesome. Um, on this, on our Anchor page, we have, we, don't have, we have like a small number of listeners, but if I go back to our old page on FeedBurner, it's like a 
big number. So I'm that's kind of like merging back and forth. So I'm saying we have at least 250 people who are actually downloading and listening to our show, wondering who are these who are these people. So thank you for that. We really appreciate that. And I believe like the 20 below episodes is so far one of our top episodes. So that's really cool. And we're definitely getting some traction on Apple Podcasts, so that's pretty cool. And we have some, we have a few um, international listeners, so that's pretty cool. So thanks for listening and supporting. So, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and close that out. And normally we would call this next section the hot topic, but I'm calling it now the hot take because that's basically what it is—the hot take. And I didn't mention it on. In the, in the summary review because I forgot but then I realized if I did mention it I'm not sure how people would feel so I'm just like I just leave it as is so the hot take is about the announcement from two weeks ago that uh, Katori Khan thanked everybody and this year was their final year now there is one thing that can be said about college based anime conventions in my opinion, it's more like they're kind of like glorified anime clubs, which is not really a bad thing. When it's more like when it's like that, you can get a lot of people to come in, check out the convention, and check and just kind of spread the good word. You got to admit, more or less, a con is basically a uber glorified anime club meetup. So that's kind of cool. But the thing about college-based conventions is that you have a smaller budget. But you have access to a lot of free stuff, like print shops and so forth, to kind of do the things you need to do. Now, I will say KatoriCon is a really, it's a nice small convention. But the issue, I had a couple, three issues with the con. Number one, it's held at the beginning of the year. Now, that means it's cold. You're going between buildings for different panels and events. Almost, it seems like every single college-based convention I've been to, everything is, betw- is between one or two buildings, mm-hmm. which I do get. But sometimes you should be able to kind of keep it together. Now, I understand with Springfest, they were able to keep everything in one building. But the sad thing about that con was the fact that it was more entertaining to hang out in the cafeteria than it was going to the panel rooms. And you had, and this was a con that had three- and four-hour hentai panels running during the middle of the afternoon. This was probably in years I didn't go to it because I didn't hear about these. Oh, we talked about it. It's in our reports. It's in our archives. But, you know, I'm just saying, I don't know about you, but, like, when I was in school, usually the best place to be was to hang out in the freaking cafeteria because shit was always, stuff was always going to happen. And that's, and I mean, that's where a lot of stuff was. Now, I you would think that after about Two, two, three years back, when the temperatures hit like five below, ten below, more or less. They, oh yeah, it was it was like twelve below that yeah. weekend. You would think, yeah, that was fucking cold, yeah. but really bad cold. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you good? You would think that they would move the con to a warmer time, but they didn't. They were like, we're kind of locked by what the school did. Sure, sure you were. Another thing that that. I was bothered by, and I take this personally. Now, Anime Jam Session, we are not a big name media publishing house. 
I don't want this to be a giant media publishing house. I just want people to know who we are and know that when we're at the con, you're you're going. We're going to talk about it. And you're, everyone's going to have a good time. I also have no problems dropping money um, on going to a con if if they can't give us if they can't comp us badges. I'm okay with paying for a badge if we can still have like the abilities as press. Now, a lot of conventions, you'll notice, you will see local TV stations there interviewing staffers, a couple of cosplayers, doing like a big like generalization of the con. There'll also be local newspapers there as well doing the same thing. The difference between them and smaller press outlets like us we will go in and not just talk to staffers and cosplayers. We will participate in panels. We will take pictures of cosplayers and events and panels. We'll record and stream to all, all types of stuff, you know? And we will talk about it. And we'll dedi dedicate and podcast to it and stuff, you know? Because that's basically how you get the word out. I found it kind of insulting and I don't have the email anymore due to my assistant my drives my drive crashing but like the last time I went willingly was the year before we were denied press because anime jam session is not a newspaper or television station I'm sorry what you're getting kind of big of yourself you know kind of getting a bit of a swelled head bring it back down some you need, honestly, for success of your convention, you need a combination of big-name out-press outlets and small-name press outlets because the big names will get you the general people around. The smaller outlets will get you more of your nerdy, your geeky, your it'll pinpoint, you know? Like, this is going at a large rate like this and a smaller rate like that, you know? Mm -hmm. That's fine. Now, the third thing I had a problem with was the fact that there was a guy there doing Skyrim cosplay who probably at least every con he's there touching a girl inappropriately. I remember one year people were complaining about him and the staff basically did nothing. I felt at that point and, and being slapped in the face about press and all this other stuff, I refused to deal with the con. I'm done with that. Now, every con has its ups and downs, pros and negatives. We will always talk about everything about a con, even if it's some things that are bad, we'll talk about ways they can make it better. We talked about that about a particular con a few months back, and they didn't even like what we had to say. I mean, you would think for a con that's, that it's first year because they want to try to be better than another convention it kind of blew up in their face. I mean, half the, it's kind of sad that half the time there are people who are doing cons just because they think they can do better than this con that's going on or something like that. I mean, you have New Jersey Comic Anime Con that lasted one year. You have Derpy Con, which is still, which is going on year five or something like that, you know? Uh, Spring Fest, when they started getting too big, they couldn't handle half of that and it fell apart. And now you have... Uh, Katori Con. And I will say, part of the reason why these cons stop happening is you can't get enough people for staff. 
Well, maybe if you would listen to your staffers that are existing and work with them to how to bring more people on, it won't be so bad. I mean, I'll say it. We are most likely will be doing DerpyCon this year, but the one year I put in requests for passes, they said no. And I found out is the fact that if they get more, if they start handing out more press passes, they'll get more convention coverage. More convention coverage means more attendees. More attendees means more staffers. It's kind of hard to have more staffers when every year half your staffs leaves, you know. It's got to be a management issue. But I will say, these cons do bring people together. They do bring local fans together. And through this, you can discover other stuff. And I'm kind of sad that KatoriCon is no more, but I wish the people that ran the con would listen to the, listen to the, to the con goers, listen to press people, just listen to people how to do, how to make improvements instead of being like, no, we cool. We don't need this. Somewhere in my closet are a couple of lanyards from the con. It was just... Uh, that that's my hot take. It, a con that could have had it all, but they just didn't want to listen. And here we are. And as Theo X seventy five says in our chat room at uh, Twitch TV slash Anime Jam session, he goes, "The large press will get the attention of the casual con fans. The small press will be aimed at the dedicated con fans." And that's basically yeah, pretty the- much. Mm-hmm. Marco, I know you mentioned something about the cold, but any other thoughts? Well, I I do have to agree mm-hmm. that, you know, you shouldn't be, I guess, misjudging what press really is. Yeah. Um, as somebody that does press, I don't mind, you know, going to a convention and paying um, I do that for CloverCon mm-hmm. because I know it's going towards, you know, you know, it's all donations to the 4-H. Yep. Um, I don't mind doing that for other conventions um, if they don't do press at all. What I mind is when, you know, the quote unquote little people are just looked down on, mm-hmm. which is what this one did. Yep. <clears throat> But, you know, it got to a point where, you know, it wasn't even the staff. Um, Because it was a school convention, I just noticed a lot of, I guess, unaccompanied minors. Mm -hmm. Which, not for nothing, can be very, very annoying. Um, so you're talking about a bunch of 13, 14, and 15-year-olds with no adult supervision just going, you know, really, really freaking crazy. Perhaps on one of those three or four-hour hentai panels. Oh, this car. Well, yeah. I mean, hentai panels or when it is warmer out, you know, playing huge-ass games of basically what amounts to tag in front of the areas that people are supposed to be walking in. Mm -hmm. So you have no choice but to either walk through this huge game or walk around it. 
which nothing is not fair. See, that's what I like about CloverCon. They have an outside space for you to run around and play like a five-year-old. They got volleyball nets set up and everything. Yup. The big lawns in the front and the back. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, the fact that when something did need staff, staff wasn't around. Mm-hmm. That, you know, also didn't really translate well. Yeah. I mean, I admit that they got, you know, really decent acts, um, musicians, yeah. and things like that. Another but, guest as well. Yeah. Everything else kind of fell flat with that. Exactly. It's sort of like why, why you know, what, like three day cons where your high numbers are on Saturdays because. They just want to see the big things, but if you notice with a lot of cons, Saturdays will have high numbers, but the Friday and the Sunday are pretty high up there. It's it kind of a wake-up call if you have 10 people on Friday, 200 people on Saturday, 5 people on Sunday, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the whole thing is they didn't feel the need to change because they constantly sold out. There were never tickets at the door because they always sold out their tickets online. So they figured since people kept coming that they really didn't have to change what they were doing. See, Except that as those people that had constantly been going grew up, mm -hmm. they realized that this convention was not growing with them. True that. And I just also feel you. That's where things are going. Online, buying your tickets online. I want cons to basically just tell people signs, buy your tickets online, walk up with your with your confirmation, and you'll get your badge. I think it would have been great if they did something like that. You know, tickets are sold out. If you want a ticket, purchase it online. Here's the regular price. Walk up. Done. But. Hopefully, a new KatoriCon will come out of this, and they'll they'll learn from the mistakes of the past. Hopefully, maybe I don't know. We can only hope. Exactly, my friend. Exactly. And now that now we... here's the here's the thing though. Will the if, if they do this again, will they call themselves KatoriCon Two or uh, just call themselves something else? Yeah, they can probably keep it as KatoriCon. You know why not? It'll be the gritty reboot that isn't acknowledged by the rest of the franchise. <laughs> Speaking of franchises, Ari, can you tell us what's going on with 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 my hero academia? There was a name change or something. I guess they oh covered, yeah, covered butts and seats. So yeah, uh, creator Kohei Horikoshi. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, change the names of villain Daruma Uchiko after the character's real name was revealed as a reference to victims of human experimentation during World War II. The manga villain is shown to engage in human ex experimentation himself, had his full name revealed in Chapter 259 as Maruta Shiga. <clears throat> uh, Maruta is the codename for human experimentation during the, like, by the Imperial Japanese Army Unit 731 during the Second Sino-Japanese World, War World War II. 
Uh, Chinese victims were called Maruda, the Japanese word for logs, as reference to the facility's cover story that it was a lumber mill. Mm. Wow. Victims, including children, the elderly, pregnant women, and mentally handicapped, were purposely infected with diseases, dissected, lobotomized, and amputated while still alive. So, yeah, his statement is, many have pointed out the character's name, Shigamaruda, and Wisuk's jump chapter has brought up recollections of accident in the past. I did not... I did not intend for that name to be associated as such. I'll take the matter very seriously and change the name. So, yeah, no intention in all that, but, uh, I'm not, like, that's, uh, that's a pretty heavy, uh, oversight to make, you know? True, but it's not the first time this, things like this happened. It's sort of, like, like, when this happened. It's not like back in the 90s when, uh, names were changed on a whim, you know? True. But even still, I mean, there are, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but it's like, all right, here's the character's name. Wait, this character's name is a reference to that, that, all of this, all of that. And then the creator's like, wait, what? Oh, I didn't realize. We'll change, you know? And that's something respectable, you know? Um, it was pointed out. Uh, Shonen Jump said something about it. They um, spoke with uh, Horikoshi. And they changed it, and they're golden. You know, it's like good. It's not like, and I've seen it a couple times where some creators will not change your name because of it could have been the significance of the name itself or how the history that came to be. You know, so. But, well, if yeah. it's if it was like really a legitimate oversight like this, then it's you know good that they just got it out of the way, mostly without incident. That's good. Because when you, when you because after you know get, get going through the uh, anime boom in the like mid to late nineties, mm-hmm. you, you, you th- when you think name change, you think of the du- the dubbers just trying to excise every kind of reference to uh, Japan or Asia and just giving everyone you know westernized names That's just right. for the hell of it. Mm-hmm. We uh, tend not to forget those things. As the saying goes, those who do not know their history are doomed to repeat it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in, meanwhile in politics. Anywho, uh, moving right along. Um, Mako John, please tell us what the heck is going on with this series. Uh, interspecies reviewers. What happened? And why is it, does it look like that Funimation is walking around with a black eye on their face? Yeah, so uh, this weekend, um, actually I think it was uh, Friday Probably. or Thursday. Anyway, um, late last week, mm-hmm. Funimation basically up and went, all right, we're not going to be doing this anime anymore. And this is interspecies reviewers. Mm-hmm. Um, so Funimation basically sent out this blanket statement to a couple of different places. After careful consideration, we determined that this series falls outside of our standards. We have the utmost respect for our creators. So rather than substantially alter the content, we felt taking it down was the most respectful choice. Um, basically... This is one of the series that they were simul dubbing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so this is one of the series that after it aired in Japan, um, or I should say that as it was airing in Japan, um, Funimation was only just getting those episodes. So they're not seeing this huge series as a whole. They're right. only seeing it episode by episode, and they're only seeing it as, you know, it's basically coming out. So the manga is described, uh, or the manga story is described as beauty truly is in the eye of the beholder, from elves to succubi to cyclopses and more. The interspecies reviewers rate the red light delights of all manner of monster girls. The only thing is, they can never agree on which species is the hottest. So I think what happened, um, and... Basically, this goes kind of into rumor territory because mm -hmm. obviously the company is not going to come right out and say it. Mm -hmm. um, there are rumors that uh, one of the translators was quote unquote fired and had to sign an NDA. Um, again, not coming up in anything that is official. Um but it has been said uh, that um, it didn't come to light till today because they want to bury it under the rug. It's Friday night and they're hoping this will all be swept under the rug by Monday when the news blogs and stuff start reporting again. Um, it's ANN. They probably didn't even talk to Funimation. They probably just uh, received a copy of the Reddit post um, that funny uh, Funi broke their contract with the translator and fired her. Um, for those not in the know, meaning that those that are, um, not actually catching this as it airs in Japan, the biggest rumor on why Funimation basically hard knowed this series was that the episode that just aired in Japan dealt with halflings. And while Japan is a lot less strict and a lot more open to relationships that may not be age appropriate um that is a hard no in the united states yep. so mm -hmm. unfortunately the latest episode that aired was of a halfling um i don't know if it was consensual sex or rape um, but either way the halfling looked like an underage child whether that was a teenager or an actual child, I don't know. Um, but it was not until after this episode aired in Japan that Funimation hard-knowed the entire series. So I can completely understand if this is the reason why, you know, Funimation basically said we're not going to have anything to do with the series. That could completely change once the rest of the episodes are out. Um, seeing exactly what the rest of the content will be, they may decide that they can do the rest of the series leaving that one episode out or that they will give up on the series entirely. Just put, um, put a big warning label over that episode. Yeah, well, that's the other thing, is they could very well have done a warning like, you know the Looney Tunes stuff that comes out now, 
um, basically saying this is completely different culturally than what we would find appropriate. You know, we are going to edit certain parts of this, so it will not be the 22 minutes that these episodes normally are. Um, but then again, they could have also just said, you know, we're just not going to do this particular episode because of the content. Instead of saying, you know, we're no longer going to be doing this series. But it's understandable given what it's looking like the episode was in Japan. Now, I'll, I'll say, I have seen a lot of people discuss this, and a lot of it's coming from Fujoshis out there. Uh, they're saying that Funimation had no right to pull the series, given the other titles that they have put out, such as High School DXD, Prison School, Panty and Stocking, etc., etc., etc. And also throwing in the Junjo Romantica. Now, as I said, I have not watched Interspecies reviewers. I'm only going by from what I know. And from my understanding, the difference between interspecies reviewers and the other titles I've mentioned is the graphical context. Yes, like in Panty and Stalking, Panty Anarchy has sex with a lot of people, but it's not blatant. Some of it is assumed, some of it is set up in a scene where you know she did, but it's not really nudity compared to this, you know? That's also, the, when Panty does it, like half the time, it's played for a, a laugh. Yeah, and people are calling it calling it Funimation hypocrites for violent titles like Panty Saki. Panty Saki is like a parody. It's a parody. Whatever. I think at one point her uh, number of sex partners mm -hmm. like causes a logical underflow, and she's classified as a virgin again. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm thinking it's not because of the excessive sex. It's because of this particular episode. Yeah. Now, I think at that point when Funimation saw this, they're like, yeah, this is going off our standards. We have no idea how the rest of the episodes are. Some people think that Funimation gets all of the episodes in advance. Not for simuldubs. I don't know how far in advance they get these episodes. I would assume anywhere between... a one to two weeks, because need, they need time to translate scripts and stuff like that. I would assume they already have the scripts in advance, and they just get the episodes ahead of time, so they can just drop, so they can do the edit, the dubbing, and so forth. Basically, yeah. from what I understand, mm -hmm. um, the ones that are simuldubbed, mm -hmm. they get a week. Yep. So the episode is you know, finished in Japan, ready to go out. Once it's, you know, the date of air, that's when everything is sent to the other countries doing simuldub. Right. And that's why most of the simuldub is usually a week behind. Mm -hmm. So they're either getting it only a day or two before it airs in Japan or the day it airs. They're not you know, privy to what the episodes are like. They're, you know, these are the series that are basically being animated right up until it airs. Mm -hmm. 
So it's not like it's just, you know, 13 episodes that are sitting there and all done and we have no choice but to wait for Japan. You know, these are series like Sailor Moon, where Sailor Moon was basically up to the last minute being changed and added to and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because these are series that the audio is done before the animation. Right. So, you know, there's... When you sign up for something like a simul dub, you are basically signing up to beat a clock, essentially, to try and get these episodes out right away. So, you know, Funimation, while they could see what the series was about, the fact that, you know, this one particular character as a halfling was just a child it wasn't an angel it wasn't a demon it wasn't you know it didn't have tentacles or anything it legit just looked like a child Mm -hmm. which you know as we've spoken about before japan is not as strict about that i mean they only just made child pornography illegal and it's only within the last you know four or five years so for them this and you know they're probably actually getting warnings because i've watched enough hentai um that has warnings pop up that say you know (coughs) these girls might look underage Mm -hmm. but they're all 18 um so not for nothing this is something that japan is used to so bringing it to a country like america where that shit is very very looked down upon very very frowned upon you know you can't it's not gonna have the same um staying power mm-hmm. it's not gonna but be for those that want to watch it you know um there are countries that are still going to be airing it there are countries that are still going to be showing it yeah. and um so which, i don't mean hmm? i don't mean interrupt but in doing so with that some people are asking well how is it possible other countries are still streaming it given that like Wakanim and Anime Lab, they're now subsidiaries of Sony Funimation. Here's the thing. Nine times out of ten, global licensing rights hit one location, and that's usually the U.S. Like, for example, Viz holds the, the global licensing rights to Naruto outside of Japan. So they can tell their subsidiaries, do this, 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 and this. And if one of them's like, yeah, we're not going to do this, the others can. The same thing with uh, with interspecies reviewers. The other companies are still going to stream it because Funimation optioned out. It's just the, those countries will continue to, to translate it, but those in the English-speaking countries most likely will have to do it on their own as opposed to waiting for Funimation to push the episodes to them or something like that. It also wouldn't surprise me if, you know, that they continue to dub all of this and it just gets pushed to English-speaking countries that are like, yeah, we're still going to do it. Which kind of falls along the lines of this whole, the NDA about the translator. Now, this you have to understand, a lot of people in the anime industry are quote-unquote employees. They are independent contractors. So once the job is up, that's it. That's basically they what gotta happened. They got to find work elsewhere. Yeah, that's basically what happened here. The, the the translator wasn't fired. The contract was just ended early. So you know what's going to happen? 
another series is going to come along and it most likely will accent translate it to work on that pro- on that title. Who knows? If the other companies are still going to work on it, they may contract this person to continue working on the series in other countries. So, it's not all bad for those of you who want to see it. To be perfectly honest, I'm morbid curious, curious about seeing an episode, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I would probably now watch people, yeah, an episode it, or two. Yeah, but you, but you, you, but you'd, uh, you'd be a little hesitant about watching this uh, episode that made Funimation drop it. Probably so. Yeah. I, I don't know that I would make it that far in the series. Hmm. You just might not like it. Period. Yeah, I mean, I, I like hentai. I like, you know, series like. Um, Penny and stocking and things like that. Series like this, which is just you know, fan service TNA. Mm-hmm. I don't usually watch those. Say, I used to be a big, big person for that, but now it's like not really. If it gets, if it comes recommended, like, um, like High School DxD, I've been told I need to check out. Uh, Neko Power, I've been told to check out. So you know, those are. It pretty has extra. to have plot. Yeah. If the whole plot is just TNA, then that's. You know, yeah, that's that's it's, that's it's not doing anything. Yeah, you know, there are a bunch of different anime that have you know big-breasted women and harems and all of that, but they have plots. Even if the plot sucks, they at least have plots. talk about this a little bit later so you know anywho uh moving right along let's kind of let's kind of bring things back or at least make an attempt to do so it looks like there's going to be yet another hello kitty crossover this time with common rata dakade and kind of surprised about that but this time it's it's a collaboration uh, of merchandise which is really cool and this was unveiled at the Sanrio Expo 2020 event. Uh, this was, I believe, about a week and a half ago, give or take. Um, for the record, this is not the first time Hello Kitty has joined forces with Kamen Rider. There was a collab with Kamen Rider 555 in 2018, and the following year, Rider Deno, which is kind of cool. The, there are two people that were there to, per, to show off the collaboration, actors Masahiro Inoue and Kimito Totani, who played Dakade and Raida Dien, respectively. Some of the merchandise that was revealed will be available uh, this April, which is cool. You're going to see cool things like stickers, tote bags, scarves, that, that, towels. That, that's, that's pretty cool. I wouldn't mind a, a tote bag. That would be kind of cool. And when the des- and here's something interesting. When the designs were unveiled, you know, he looked at the tote bag and commend and commented, "The the color is magenta. This is magenta. Magenta is Zakade's color, which is often mistaken as pink in various media and the characters' later appearances." Lastly, both actors will be present in the talk and live event, which will happen on the fourth of April at Sanrio Pureland. 
You know, he declared, I am the destroyer of worlds, and I want to destroy the world of Hello Kitty. So Tani continued, <laughs> I want, I will steal something, and he laughed. The event ended with Noe revealing he is a big Hello Kitty fan, and we should all remember that. That, my friend, is cool. You know, screw it. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if it was called Pink. Mm-hmm. Still winning on a male Pink Ranger in Super Sentai, but uh, make a dream, can he? Brett the Hitman Heart, that's it. Uh, Theox75 is asking, when are we getting an expansion for Hello Kitty Island Adventure? <laughs> uh, who's got the next one? I think that that's going to come up the fifth of never. Uh, the next one is... Um, <laughs> Mako, because it's her fandom. If you refresh the outline, I've kind of put names down. Uh, sorry, I'm a little tired. Well, we're going as fast as we can. Sorry. I know, I know. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited about this one. I'm definitely going to have to look up pricing and pick this up. Uh, basically, Dark Horse, who releases this particular manga, mm -hmm. is releasing a deluxe hardcover edition of the Helsing manga. So uh, they confirmed on Monday that they're going to release the first volume of a hardcover version of Helsing on July 14th. The book will be available through Dark Horse's own website on July 1st. The deluxe edition will mark the first release of the manga in its original 7x10 serialized format. Hmm. The edition includes an embossed casing, sew binding, and ribbon marker. The deluxe edition will have three volumes. The first hardcover volume will have 696 pages and will compile the manga's first four original volumes. The third hardcover volume will have a bonus section that will include three crossfire side stories, thus making all three releases about equal in length. So for those that don't know what the manga is, basically Helsing Organization was created to fight back against Hell's minions. Um, Helsing has a secret weapon, and that is Alucard, who is freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. Oh, and Nazis. they fight undead Nazis. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really, really, really looking forward to this. I just really, really wish they actually had some sort of uh, price range on this. Because I know hardcover books that, you know, like novels mm -hmm. can get up there in price. And you just and know people are just going to be using this for their uh, as a cosplay prop. Maybe. Or they could be like me and just really like to geek out on uh, Helsing crap. You're such a Maybe both. There's overlap there. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really am kind of excited about these. One, knowing that they've already got it set for three volumes. And two, just really, really wanting hardcover manga. That's just kind of freaking awesome. It's also really rare, isn't it? Um, well, it's the hardcovered ones are almost always specialty editions. So, yeah, I want it. 
I don't want it, but I want it now. And <laughs> Theo X seventy five says it's like having a hardcover copy of Tobin's Spirit Guide. Okay, Ari, the next two are yours. All right, then. Let me bring them back up here. Netflix is a stream the One Piece live action series. Oh, boy. It'll get four seasons tops. What'd you say? It'll get four seasons tops. Mm. Uh, Netflix likes their, uh, their new debuts that create buzz instead of a you know prolonged prolonged series like that anyway uh let's see uh, the company revealed that the uh, netflix revealed the show's first season will have 10 episodes and oda and that eichiro oda will serve as the executive producer and there's a nice little uh flyer here in japanese that says i know i announced the production of this back in 2017 but these things take time preparation been slowly progressing behind these scenes and it seems i can finally make the n- new announce the big announcement Netflix will be lending us their tremendous production support. This is so encouraging. How far will the story progress over the 10 episodes of season one? Who will be cast? Please be patient a little longer and stay tuned. Uh, let's see. Tomorrow Studios, a partnership between Marty Anderson of Prison Break and Team Wolf and ITV Studios, is producing a live-action series. Matt Owens of Luke Cage and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the show's writer, and Stephen Medea and Becky Ch- Clements are executive producers. <clears throat> Adelson stated in a message in the video message showed at Jump Fiesta in 2017 that the live action Hollywood television series adaptation will start with the East Blue arc and will quote unquote broaden from there. Adelson also stated that the series promises to create a true one piece after he discussed the project with Oda personally. <clears throat> and and to remind people, One Piece started in 1997. Back in SD format. Yeah, and uh, wait, which one is the East Blue Saga? That I oh, don't it's know. the first vo- It's the first uh, saga, according to uh, the One Piece wiki. Mm. Volumes one to twelve, twelve volumes, one to, chapters one to one hundred, anime episodes one to fifty-three. Yeah. I'm sorry, I have little emotional investment in One Piece. Most people granted, don't. I mean, there are... Granted it's, you know, granted, it's a live-action anime, and I hope it does well, because it could open the door for other things. True. But I've never been a pirate guy. I don't think most of us have been. I tried. I really did. I really, really, really did. Couldn't get but into it? I... Sh- <sighs> The fact that it's just going and going and drawn and just it's it's never ending. And Nami's tits get bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> I was just gonna be consent be content with saying filler filler everywhere, but you had to just you had to jump right on that grenade, didn't you? Somebody had to. Alright. Uh let's see. Uh, the official website for the 2020 Doraemon film, Ega Dora- Doraemon, Nobita no Shin Kyoryu, or Doraemon the movie, Nobita's new dinosaur, announced on Wednesday that actress and comedian Naomi Watanabe will join a guest cast as the character Natalie, a suspicious woman who tracks Nobita's journey and communicates with Gil. 
Uh, Takuya Kimura plays the character Gil, a, sus- a suspicious man who looks like a monkey. He observes... <clears throat> probably a better way to phrase that, but... He's actually a primate-looking person. And <clears throat> uh, he observes Navita's action and holds the secret of the mysterious island. This will be Kimura's third voice acting role in an anime film ever after... Well, Howl's Moving Castle in 2004 and Red Line in 2010. His first role in such a decade. Mm. As such in a decade. Uh, the film story begins with Navita meeting two twin dinosaurs named Q and Mew. Despite the film's similarity entitled to Doraemon, Nobita's Dinosaur, the first film in the franchise, the story is completely different. The new film is the franchise's 40th and it marks the 50th anniversary of the original manga. Wow. Some long runners here. Let's see. Uh, the film has a manga adaptation in Koro Koro Comics that launched in September. Shintaro Mugiwara, the final apprentice for Fujiko K. Fujo, is drawing the manga. A separate manga adaptation by high school student Ren Takiro launched in Shoga Kukau's Kukan's Chao magazine on November 30th. Genki Kawamura is scripting the manga, and Shintaro Mugiwara is collaborating on it. And there's also a Switch game based on it. Hmm. Actually, one of the Doraemon games came over in the 90s on TurboGrafx-16 as Crater Maze. It was kind of fun. Crater Maze, huh? Yeah. Well, I didn't have a TurboGrafx-16 either, so... <laughs> well, I can't wait till it comes out. On, I think they come out in March. Got my pre-order and yeah. ready to go. Who knows? Maybe the uh, TurboGrafx-16 version will find its way to the Switch Virtual Console. No, 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 I doubt that. But, we'll see. Weirder things have happened. I wasn't expecting to ever play uh, Neo Geo arcade games on a, on a Nintendo console, so that happened. Well, I mean, they did announce something like that was going to happen, and don't forget, there, was, there are some Genesis games on PlayStation as well, so, you know. Uh-huh. Things are kind of interesting in that in that sense. All right, Mako, you ready to geek out one more time? Yeah. All right. Um. So speaking of a series on Netflix, um, we did get some extra information for the new Ghost in the Shell that will be dropping to Netflix and it will have its worldwide debut in April. So uh, we've got a couple of trailers. We've got some pictures and I'm so excited because I love Ghost in the Shell. Um, Basically most of the main characters uh, will have their previous voice actors coming back. Um, And this is the standalone complex, not uh, the Ghost in the Shell Arise members. So uh, Nobuku Toda, who does Sweetness and Lightning, The Case Files of Jeweler Richard, and Kazuma Jinochi, who uh, uh, Bosho Shingo Moon Angel, uh, is the one composing the music for the series. Um, he's best known for composing the music for Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear! Metal Gear! Yeah, so, I mean, as a Metal Gear fangirl, I'm really excited about that because I do love the music from that series. 
Um, the, you got a favorite opening, track? What, from Metal Gear? Mm-hmm. Um, I like the theme songs for them. Uh, I especially like uh, Snake Eater, uh, which is the theme song for Snake Eater. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it makes it out to be very James Bondish, so it's it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so alongside Harry Gregson Williams and Tota and Genochi, they've collaborated before on Ultraman. Uh, the pair also composed the soundtracks for Halo Four and Halo Five. Uh, damn it! What? Stupid. <sighs> no, Hello. It's gonna... Did did the link redirect to something else? Yeah, unfortunately, I, it has been redirecting to something else. It I has got, also been. I've gotten the same issue. I had to actually search the article on the on the site and pull it up that way. Is it well, about a temporary that, problem with the keeps, email account? It keeps going to a freaking warning system. Blah 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 blah. I'm getting something about a Halloween contest dated 2006. I know. I got yeah. that. I got that too. I. You have to search Ghost of the Shell on, on ANN and it comes up. That's what I end up having to do. Yeah, except that having it being done in the middle of me trying to talk about it is not the... Uh, not the best. Okay, ANN. Get your web, get your web monkeys up. Y'all, y'all need to fix something. Yep, I can't. I can't do it. Because every time I try and go onto the website now, it just goes to that stupid ass win VR stupid thing. Uh, Theo it says set up script blockers. Dude, I'm running script blockers, and it still comes up that way. It's just, I, I chalk it up as poor coding on the site, so. Let me see if I can pull it up on my phone. I mean, even refreshing the page, it comes up for me, so I don't know what the heck's going on. Now, I've had to basically redo every single one of my um, things. <sighs> Actually, you know what? Let me see if I can pull it up this way instead. Maybe the, will, does the link in our uh, Skype chat work for you? Because it did for me. I'll... Okay, I just I just had to pull it up from the uh, link that I put for the articles instead of putting it pulling it up from the show roll. Hmm. Um, so Millennium come... Parade yeah. mm-hmm. is the new creative team led by King New, uh, and they will be performing the theme song "Fly with Me." Vocalists on the track include um, M M Himi, Kotomori, and Kento Nagatsuka. Um, AKA Wonk. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 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 supposed to be a really, you know, close adaptation to what is going on. Um, the fact that they're actually looking to bring in the creator and all of that. So it's not gonna be some wonky 
freaking thing um, that Netflix is doing. They're really actually trying to correctly do this and make it something decent. That's good. Everyone looks good, that's for yeah. sure. I know there are probably some people who aren't too, who aren't too fond of the CG, but remember with CG, there's a lot more you can do with that as opposed to regular 2D animation. Well, the thing is, I for something like this, I don't mind the whole 3D CG just because it's supposed to be, you know... Futuristic looking. Right. It's supposed to have that computer kind of feel to it just because of what the series is. That's been their um, shtick so having, for a while now, right? Yeah, so, I mean, having everything being that kind of animation is fine. Um, I'm hoping that what this is going to do once it's on Netflix and hopefully becomes popular is that product becomes more popular because I want to touch Kome. <laughs> Don't we Wait, all? Like, a li- like a little, like, RC little Tachikoma? They yeah. have them! Yeah. Really? They have them, and they're only in Japan, and they actually speak, and they didn't translate it, and I don't know enough Japanese to actually do anything about it, so I never picked one up, but I want one. I'm fairly certain there's some toy reviewer on YouTube who has one of them and could tell you what they're saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I really like Ghost in the Shell, um, but yeah, I really, really like Itachikoma. Maybe if you're good and you're not a you're not if you're not a psycho to Santa, maybe you put one under your tree. Then I will never have a touch coma under my tree. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right, now to wrap things up with a touch of love line. Yay! Why do I have a message here? Oh, okay, that's what that is. All right, gotcha. All right. Well, let's see if the link will work for. Well, there you go. What happened? Did it work for you? <laughs> no, an unexpected error happened while accessing the page. <laughs> it's working for me just fine. I don't. I don't know what the problem is. It could be peering servers or something like that. It could be with Verizon because me and Monko are on Verizon, so I don't know. But there it is. It finally came up. And, and I think this is something that even Bob Coffey is probably really hype about. We have a new cast member for the Love Life School Idol TV series that is coming out. They announced on, I believe, last Tuesday that the series will have a new anime series, which we reported here previously. It'll feature the tagline, Watashi o Kanaero Monogatari. Hello, Love Life. Which is the story of my dreams coming true. Hello, love life. Alright, let's see if it'll do that. It, this refers to the fact that the school idol group's names, center performers, song lyrics, and other aspects are decided by the fans. In addition to this, the franchise will start um, open auditions for the main cast members of the new project on March 12th. The auditions are restricted to unmarried women between the ages of 15 and 20. 15? Is that big warning light going off? Something like that. Let's just move on. (laughs) The auditions will not accept applications from those currently in middle school or lower and those with existing contracts with record companies or talent agencies. That does make sense. 
You dropped that the way Funimation dropped in her species reviewers. Mm. <laughs> Maybe. Love Life Fest previously announced earlier this month that the franchise is launching a new project. Uh, Katakawa's Love Live Days Love Live Sogo Magazine uh, Volume 5 will have more details forthwith. The franchise announced a new television series called Love Live Nijigasaki Gakuen School Idol Dokurai, which is Nijigasaki's Academy School Idol Appreciation Club. The franchise staff introduced the members of the club in 2017 as part of K-Lab's game uh, Love Live School Idol Festival Perfect Dream Project, which I believe was renamed to Love Live All-Stars. So, okay. Now, I'm trying to make this stupid thing go forward. All right. Do that for me. Can you do that for me? Uh, it's still stuck on the Gits intro. Lovely. Come on. I'm hoping it does that. I I might have to sit down this weekend and re-image my and re reinstall Windows on my Surface. It is coming about that time anyway, so. I might as well just use the touch. Instead of going with the touchpad, you'll just use the arrow. There we go. Finally. Sorry. Anywho, let's give a little bit of history here. Back in 2010, the anime studio Sunrise, Lantis, and Asking Media Works, Dengeki G Magazine launched Love Live, a self-described ultimate user participation project that lets the fans vote on the future of its fictional idols and amuse school idol group. A series of CDs and music videos followed forthwith. The first anime came out in 2013, Love Life School Idol Project. The second series followed in 2014, and the movie followed up in June of 2015. And that's when they announced the Love Life Sunshine Project, and they said that the three key phrases of this was Rita Participation, Inspired by Muse, and Seaside Town Settings. So that's where you get the group name Aquas. Love Life Sunshine first premiered July of 2016. The second season ran from October to December of 2017, whereas last year, January 2019, we had the Love Life Sunshine movie, the school idol movie over the rainbow field. And I actually need to actually purchase Love Life Sunshine on Blu-ray. It's like 40 bucks on Amazon still. So now that we got all of that out of the way... Um, and it's getting a lot warmer in my apartment, and this is this shouldn't be. It's like now like forty nine degrees, and it kind of feels like it's getting close to sixty two. Mm. I know. Anywho, now it's time for the part of the show that you, we all know that you all want to watch. I mean, participate with us and see us react. It's meanwhile in Japan, and while I bring that up. I will gladly say that my Xbox One shut itself off because it finished downloading uh, Fantasy Star Online to beta, to beta. I am so glad I have that external drive. Uh. Let's see. I will take the last article. Oh, boy. Uh, screw it. I'll take the you don't have to. You don't have to. I don't want to take either one of them. <laughs> well, you can flip a coin if it's that bad. <laughs> no, I already called the second one then. 
Okay, then I got butthole calligraphy. <laughs> what about butthole surfers? Yeah, so um, <laughs> this is actually a comedian who is just starting his YouTube and may actually also end it at the same time. <laughs> so I can't imagine why. It's Gee, Igashira250. And he's been in the Japanese comedy circuit for a while. And he has unique he has a unique brand of gross out humor. It's unique in that a lot of it stems from his mostly nude middle-aged male body, which he manipulates like a master vinylinist. Um, for example, uh, he's got a couple of videos where he is farting a surprisingly large amount of baby powder out of his butt. Um, okay. Yeah, um, he does enjoy pushing the boundaries of decency on Japanese television, but that's why he decided that he was going to switch over to YouTube. So his first video is titled Badass Samurai, and it was posted on J January 31st. The title is appropriate since in the video he literally uses his ass to write the name of his channel in traditional Japanese calligraphy. What the fuck? Um, it's all in Japanese, but obviously, you know, it's pretty easy to follow just some guy writing with his butt. And um, his nipples taped up, apparently. Yes, that is in accordance to YouTube's vague policy on nudity. Um, so that is why his nipples are taped. Uh, he will be doing the most disgusting stuff he can think of on YouTube without being banned. So he decided he was going to decorate his apartment with traditional art. Yeah. So he calls it badass Japanese calligraphy. So using a specially cut pair of underpants so that he's not actually nude, he inserts a paintbrush into his butt and proceeds to write the name of his channel in black ink on a strip of paper. So yeah. at least it wasn't brown. Yeah, I mean, but not for nothing. He has to do this upside down and backwards while holding this thing in his butt. Um and it's not like he can rest because he has this thing in his butt. And a lot of people are into this. Um. Well, now. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to assume this is going to be kind of like the gross out factor for, you know, that a lot of the American shows get away with yeah. that he's going to be doing on YouTube now. Well, Dunkaroos are coming back. So I guess gross out 
Huber from the 90s is back in fashion as well, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I love the comments for this thing, too. Um, shall we move on, then? Mm -hmm. I, I think we should, because that was just... Wow. <clears throat> Love doll funeral service in Japan. Uh... You were given an option. Love doll funeral service in Japan helps silicon lovers rest in peace. So, yeah, when a doll company companion comes to the end of their life, there's, they now the partner now has a service that promises to put the love dolls to rest in a respectful way with funeral rites led by Japanese monk and AV actress Ray Kato. So the Human Love Doll Company is uh, providing a service in Japan. It's why I believe that all types of dolls have souls like humans. Making it bad luck to throw them out with the garbage. So a number of shrines and temples hold services where owners can depart with them in a funerary-like fashion. And there just wasn't any uh, services for life-size dolls like this. I can't imagine why. <clears throat> uh, disposal of love dolls is particularly problematic in Japan. So large-size waste needs to be picked up separately by a prepaid reservation with local disposal companies. And if they're legally dumped, there's a risk of it being mistaken as a possible murder case. You think? <clears throat> Identifying this void in the market for departing love dolls, human love doll company aims to give these silicone companions and their partners the respectful ceremony they deserve with a choice of plans available. Ooh. So for roughly $450 in change U.S., you can get a funeral and memorial service with the owner receiving a funeral certificate and commemorative photo of or video of the ceremony. And there's a joint funeral plan for about 30,000 yen, which includes everything in the standard pl plan, only the ceremony can be conducted with other dolls at the same time. Wow, that wake is just going to be so, so creepy and awkward. You think? <laughs> And I'm looking and at the price, and I'm just like, well, then again, these guys spend, if not that much, if not more for these dolls, so of course they can afford this. And there's a doll angel funeral plan for 90,000 yen, which includes everything in the standard plan, but the unintended funeral person, doll parts will be disassembled before disposal. A letter will be read to the doll, and part of a doll will be sent to the owner after ceremony as a treasured keepsake. What part? Do you really want to know? Uh, good point. There you go. Okay, it's uh, it's not only love love dolls are given formats send us either as ball jointed dolls, regular dolls, stuffed animals, and figurines also being taken care of by the company, which rates provided with with rates provided on request. And and the cutting guru Mari Kondo says it's always important to say thank you to things before bidding them goodbye. Yeah. <sighs> That's all I got to uh, say. 
Oh, God. I, I don't even have any liquor because it's all in the other room and I have to get up for work tomorrow. It's going to be okay. I promise you, it's going to be okay. Our last story of the night. Japanese police officers increasingly forget their guns in the bathroom. That was just the most sane one of the three. Yeah. For now! What happened was... Back on January 24th, a 26-year-old officer with the Narita Air Force Police left his belt with handcuffs and a loaded handgun in the airport's employee restroom. How do you forget? But... Thankfully, it was recovered by another worker at the airport about four minutes later, and nothing came of the misplacement. The officer just said he forgot, and airport police issued an apology saying they would take steps to prevent this from happening again. But since it's an employee bathroom, there is limited access to it, thankfully. Now, a week earlier, a 31-year-old police officer did the same thing at a restroom at a 7-Eleven. And, well, hold on one second here. Uh, my light went out, so I'm going to turn it on real quick. Sorry about that. Uh, there we go. Ooh, awesome. This... Oh. How do you... Anywho. But this time, the gun was picked up by a customer who gave it to an employee, and the officer returned about a half hour later to retrieve it. The prefectural police issued a statement that said, We sincerely apologize for giving the people of this prefecture cause for anxiety. And a month before that, a 49-year-old lieutenant with the Machida Department of Tokyo Metropolitan Police left a gun with five rounds inside a convenience store restroom. It was discovered by a customer and returned to police custody about an hour, about an hour 45 later. And it goes on, and it goes on, and it goes on. As Japanese netizens hear these stories, comments such as, this is really getting popular with cops. At least it's usually employee toilets. It looks like security is all set for the Olympics. And airports too, that's terrorist central. Do the police employ first graders? Either stop carrying guns on their belts or give them shoulder holsters. Hmm, that makes sense. But, despite how they do this, the carelessness of these deadly weapons is really a problem that needs to be dealt with ASAP. The more it occurs, the more the question becomes what to do, not if but when something terrible happens as a result. Good lord. I don't know about y'all, but I, 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 I'm done. Yeah. And that... Hey. Come on, rotate. 
Move. Move. There you go. There you go. Happy little surface. I, it has to be re-imaged. Anywho, thank you for watching and thank you for participating with episode 436 tonight. Um, if you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We are independent podcasters and we're here to believe you. Don't forget to check out our website at AnimeJamSession.com where you will find links to our podcast, our YouTube page for convention videos, our Facebook page of cosplay photos, uh, convention reports, anime reviews, cosplay interviews, cosplay tips and tricks, editorials, our podcast, and so much more at AnimeJamSession.com. And don't forget, you can find our podcast basically anywhere now iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Anchor FM, so much more. And what's cool is these sites, you can just, it's an app on your phone, you can leave a review. That is awesome. Do that. We love everything that we do. We love the appreciation and the feedback. Thank you so much for helping, for being a part of the show tonight. And don't forget, we are on social media. You can find us at YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Follow us on YouTube for our convention videos. Twitter when we're going live and what events we're at. And Facebook when we're not just live with events, our photos and a lot more. Thank you so much. We could not do this show without y'all. Thank you for the love and support. Now we're going to go around the room. Last words, Ari. Uh, I have a, a doctor's appointment after work tomorrow. I'm so looking forward to that. I hear you on that. Last words, Mako-chan. Counting down the days until this weekend. My last words is, this shirt is getting retired, and then I'm going to watch a couple more episodes of My Hero Academia. I'm starting to catch up, and it's getting really good. That is it. End of list. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, and I want to give a special shout-out to Ichigo Gami, who came out of her work out of our work she shed to, to join us in the show tonight. Hi, Ichigo. You're going to kick major butt next week at Katsukon. Oh, that's it. We're going to get up on out of here. So, I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. And I'm Mako-chan. Great fight, great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Night. All right, Mako-chan. Say good night. Good night, Marco John. Well, that's like that. Are you being a smart ass? Aren't I always? Uh, <laughs> just say good night, Marco John. I thought I already did. <laughs> good night, Marco John. That's it. Good night, y'all.
The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on the show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it! For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane! <laughs>